0: Today is Friday the 13th. I only have one plausible reason as to why the Vegas Golden Knights lost last night. Somebody walked under a ladder in between the first intermission and the second period. There's just really no other way about it. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Friday, December 13th, 2019. Uh, Black Cats and Ladders Rejoice. This is your favorite holiday. Uh, and we are here to break down why the Vegas Golden Knights lost to the reigning Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues 4-2 to last night at Enterprise Center. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas Correspondent for NHL.com and Site Manager for SB Nation's Knights on Ice. And before we break down said game, if this is the first time you have stumbled upon this podcast, welcome. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever else you may get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you like sending emails, because you know emails are fun too, uh, you can send an email to knights at gmail.com. So the Golden Knights... Coming into this game, 5-1-1 one one in the last seven, facing a St. Louis Blues team that has lost three in a row. And given how the uh, the first period went, it looked like it was all going to plan for the Golden Knights. They jumped out to a 2-1 lead. Uh, Max Pacioretty scores a goal 25 seconds after the Blues get on the board uh, to get, tie the game at 1-1. William Carrier with a goal later on in the first period to give Vegas a 2-1 lead. They had a 13-8 edge in shots. And everything was going up swell for the Golden Knights. Everything was going up Vegas until the second period happened and the St. Louis Blues showed why they are the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Uh, After being outshot 13-8 in the first period, the Blues decided to flip the script and outshot the Golden Knights 17-8 in the second period. Uh, there was a stretch halfway through where I believe the the shots were nine to two, and the Blues' relentless forecheck just drove the Golden Knights straight into the ground. sunquist Schwartz, and Thomas scored in the th- in the second period. The Blues went up four to two. Schwartz and Thomas scored within thirty nine seconds of each other, and the Golden Knights had their chances to get back in the third period. They could not drive any offense, they were clogged in the neutral zone, the Blues just shut them down for the better part of 40 minutes, and the Golden Knights lost in St. Louis, they are 0-4 all time at Enterprise Center, 0-4, that, that is the place I, I, I'm telling you, if they ever got to a playoff series between the Blues and the Golden Knights, it would not work out well, right now the Golden Knights, there, there are some ghosts in in Enterprise Center where they cannot pick up a win. It, it is ridiculous how right now we are going four games in and the Blues have really dominated Vegas in their barn. So, not ideal. Not ideal if you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan. If you're ever thinking, how would they do against the St. Louis Blues? Not not very good at, at this rate. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury with 25 saves on 29 shots. Jordan Bennington, with a very impressive effort, making 27 saves, made a couple of key saves on a couple of breakaways, notably from Alex Tuck. Um, but again, didn't really have much work in the third period. Second period, he kind of saw some, uh, some dangerous chances that he turned away. But by the time that those dangerous chances came, the Golden Knights were trying to rally from down two goals. And that's really been... It's really been this theme, you know? I mean, we talked about it before. You know, they're 5-1-1 in their last seven coming into this game. The Golden Knights have played well lately. But it's the level of competition that makes you wonder, well, they should be playing a whole lot better than this. Um, but this is really the... Uh, now we're getting to the territory of where the Golden Knights cannot beat teams that are much better than them. I mean, they couldn't beat Boston. Uh, they couldn't beat Nashville earlier in the season. Until, and it took them a buzzer-beating goal... To beat Nashville again, and Nashville is kind of eh right now. Um, they can't beat Winnipeg. Uh, they can't beat Dallas. Uh, they can't beat uh, they can't beat Arizona. Well, they beat Arizona once, but they can't beat them right now. Uh, Colorado, they can't beat. They cannot beat the top teams. They can't beat Washington um, right now. The stretch is ne- the the concern with the Golden Knights has become going from not being able to beat anybody to now. Now we get to see where the Golden Knights stack against the top competition in the NHL, and right now, it's not looking good. I mean, you look at who they beat, beaten. They've beaten Calgary twice. Calgary now is one of the hotter teams in the league. Uh, Arizona, they've beaten once, took a shootout to get there. Um, other than that, can we really find a benchmark win right now for the Golden Knights? I mean, Toronto, they beat Toronto at home. whoop you doo uh, I mean, you, you look, Pittsburgh might be their most impressive win, and even then it wasn't that impressive. Mark andre Fleury had to stand his head for most of the night. So right now, we are in the position where, okay, the Golden Knights are winning games that they should be winning, but now they can't beat teams that they need to beat to kind of establish their benchmark in the NHL. And now, with all that said, VGK has to kind of chalk this one up and move on to face the Dallas Stars for the second time in a couple of weeks. And... We're going to see how the Stars are really affected um, with new coaching, with Jim Montgomery being fired earlier in the week, and they the Stars got off to a great start, getting a 2 nothing win over New Jersey the other night, but Malcolm Subban's likely going to be in net tonight, and if the Golden Knights can't beat the Stars, even though it's the second game of back-to-back, then... Now we have to start wondering why can't the Golden Knights beat these top-tier teams? Why can't they beat these teams that they they need to beat in order to really show the rest of the league that they're actually capable of being a good team? And right now, it just doesn't look that way. So the Golden Knights now, after that kind of unfathomable performance, I guess you can say, against the Blues have now dropped if i found, i had the record just there okay yeah 16 13 and 5 on the season the blues ending their three game losing streak are now 19 8 and 6 they're hanging around with the colorado avalanche for the top spot in the western conference but the golden knights once again trying to rack up points as much as they can fortunately for them Uh, they had a little bit of help with the Oilers losing the other night, but the Coyotes and the Flames also won, so the Golden Knights are still in fourth place in the Pacific Division. But it wasn't all bad news last night for the Golden Knights. I, I mean, it is bad news when they don't win. But Max Pacioretty continues to be the constant, steady offensive presence that the Golden Knights have desperately needed. And he did it again last night, his his goal last night with his 12th of the season, giving him 28 points on the year through 34 games, the most points Pacioretty has ever had through 34 games in his NHL career. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has had five 60-point seasons, five 30-goal seasons, and he has never had this many points in his NHL career through 34 games. Um, he's on pace right now for 68 points, which would be a career high, if you would believe that. Um, and the crazy thing about this is we know how good of a goal scorer Reddy is. We know how good he is. I mean, his career high is 39 goals. He's had 530 goal seasons. We know how good he is with the puck on a stick. But what's been crazy here is he's been very good as a playmaker this year, and it's hard not to when you're on a line primarily – with uh, Mark Stone and Paul Stasny. Um, he's already on pace to surpass his career high of 34 assists. Um, he's, he could realistically hit 70 points this year, which would be realistically an amazing feat given how much uh, Patcheretti struggled to stay healthy last year. 66 games last year, I think it was only like, uh, what was it, 40 or 50 the year before, and he's had 39 goals in his past two years combined. We're, we're starting to see when Pacioretty is healthy, he is deadly. And I know that's kind of a Freudian slip, but when he's healthy, he is one of the best playmakers, one of the best goal scorers in the game. And we're seeing it at a constant rate this year. The fact that he's healthy, uh, he hasn't been de- dealing with the nagging injuries, and realistically, he's kind of built off this performance from how we did in the playoffs. you remember in the playoffs, he was absolutely, ridiculously good against the Sharks. And the only concern that you had, if you were someone who was critical of Apache Reddy, not or critical of Apache missing a lot of time last year, was could he translate that to this season? And so far, through 34 games, he absolutely has. And he's definitely lived up to that contract, that four-year, $28 million contract he signed uh, when he got traded to Vegas. So, I, I get the whole... There was a lot of criticism last year for Pacioretty, Um whether he could live up to that contract or whether that was going to be an albatross that was going to be hanging over the neck of the Golden Knights going forward. I mean, don't forget, there were even rumblings over the summer that the Golden Knights were going to trade now I Now, what I was told after everything, after all that, those rumors were completely shot down. They were completely false. Um, there was even talk about the Golden Knights trying to move him to Arizona, which one would not have been smart too. Um, there would be no reason why to give up on Pacioretty after one year. And I, I get that there were a lot of people frustrated, a lot of people wondering when he would get back in the lineup, how serious his injuries really were. I get all that, but you're seeing the Montreal version of Max Pacioretty on this team. And it's been a huge credit to, the training staff. It's been a huge credit to the coaching. It's been a huge credit to just everybody who's been able to keep him healthy and been able to keep him on this pace that that could set him up for a career year. This could be one of his best years of his career should this keep up. And again, he's on pace for 68 points. He's already 40 points away for that. And he's got, what, 48 more games to go uh, to reach that point. I mean, we're talking about someone who has been a, who has received Selkie votes before he's received all star votes. He's been really one of the more consummate professionals in this game. And he's been a powerful locker room presence. And he's been a guy who's been a steady offensive presence that this team has needed. I mean, obviously you have, you have guys like Mark stone, you have guys like William Carlson, you guys have Riley, like Riley Smith who have been contributing at very ef- effective rates but really, there hasn't been a guy that's kind of stood out this year that has taken the taken the bull by the horns. And right now, Pacioretty has been that guy. And I don't... I, obviously, you don't know if that's going to carry over for the entire season. You don't know if that'll carry over for when the Golden Knights really need it. I mean, that their top six can only go as far as they can. And right now, obviously, they're going to need help on the back end. They're going to need help in the third line. Obviously, they're banged up on the third line right now. But the fact that Pacioretty has been able to do what he's been able to do, I think has been really one of the under-told stories of the season, not even just in the Golden Knights realm, but in the league in general. Um, You know, The fact that he's, what, 30, 31 years old, and he's really on pace to have a career year. I think right now the Golden Knights are getting the best version of Patcheretti, probably the best version they've ever had of Patcheretti, and he continues to be just an all-around top-tier player for this team. And if they and if they can keep this up, if he can keep this up, if the Golden Knights can get back to the playoffs, which again I'm very sure they will, this is the kind of Patcheretti you want in the playoffs, and it's not even a question. Um. Just the way that he has been playing a 200-foot game, the way that his shot has been, his shot is deadlier than ever, Um, and the fact that he's a primary playmaker right now, uh, that bodes very well for the Golden Knights. And if if you can get that guy going up until the playoffs, that's a huge game changer, I feel. So... Big year going for Patriaretti again. Obviously, you want to get the win last night, but the fact that he's got a goal and he keeps putting up points, you'll take it any way you can get, especially if he lives up to that contract. So far, so good, I think, in the in the world of Max Patcheretti and the Golden Knights. So let's look around the league, shall we? Uh there were a lot of games last night. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games on the docket last night. And the San Jose Sharks, can we all just raise a glass and God bless the sharks? I, I here's the thing. I, I I do a Golden Knights podcast, right? But I'm not really a fan. I can't be a fan, right? So I don't necessarily hate the sharks, right? So you have to so in my position, you have to feel a little bit sorry for them, right? The Sharks had a 3-2 lead in the third period. I swear to God they had a 3-2 lead because I saw Brendan Dillon's goal on Twitter and I was like, holy cow, okay, they're going to beat the Rangers. And then I was watching the rest of the uh, Blazers-Nuggets game last night and then I looked at my phone and all of a sudden I see it's 5-3 to three Rangers. What in the world happened? All I know is Mika Zabinijad scored twice, I think in a span of like four or five minutes. Uh, Artemi Panarin had a hat trick, and just before you knew it, uh, the Rangers won 6-3 to three in Bob Bugner's coaching debut with the Sharks. Um, six straight losses for San Jose. Woof. It, it is going from bad to worse right now for the Sharks. It, it, man, is bad. It is bad. Uh, the Sabers won again. Third win in a row for the Sabers. Four to three over the Nashville Predators. I believe this was a back to back for the Sabers. Uh, Jack Eichel extended his point streak to fifteen games. If the if the Sabers keep this up, you have to put Jack Eichel in the heart conversation. He has been unbelievable, and I know I commented yesterday about this being a uh, this being a this could be like an Anthony Davis type situation where he wants out of New Orleans. But man, Jack Eichel is playing like a man possessed right now. And if the Sabres keep winning, that finally, the Sabres finally might have some luck here. I mean, they're still third, I think, in the Atlantic um, or the Metro. I can't. Why did I say the Atlantic? I don't even know. It's 5.09 a.m., guys. I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, But they're still they're still in a playoff spot right now. We're near the halfway mark. I mean, yeah, they're second in the Atlantic right now. They they still got a ways to go to catch Boston. They're eight points tied at thirty three games apiece, um, but right now, second in the Met in the Atlantic. Jack Eichel has been great, but they have got to they've got to start winning. And these are the games that really you need to win if you're going to you know make a make a mark this year. And for the Sabers, so far so good, but they've got to keep it going. They've got to keep it going. Uh, The Lightning beat the Bruins 3-2. Not a fun slide for Boston right now, having lost the back-to-back to to Washington and Tampa. Steven Stamkos with two goals and a much-needed victory for the Lightning. Hopefully, this is the win that can kind of get them back on track as they continue to climb out of the basement and get toward a playoff spot. Uh, Perhaps the most eventful game of the night, other than San Jose giving up four goals in like 10 minutes. Uh, the Penguins beat the Blue Jackets one nothing in overtime. Now, I don't say this to be eventful because I because of the score, and I don't say this because a 1-0 game shouldn't be this exciting. We'll talk about another 1-0 game that was very exciting in a little bit. Um, but here's how bad this game was in an eventful way. The Blue Jackets only got 17 shots on Tristan Yari. 17 shots in a game that had to go to overtime. Uh, Brian Russ scored the overtime winner, uh, for the Penguins, but of course we've been waiting for it for a long time now. I think we've been waiting for it in the last couple of years. It really hasn't happened much because the blue jackets have made the playoffs last number of years, but John Tortorella finally went back to being old John Tortorella. Uh, and I quote, I don't have any words to describe it. I don't know what to tell you guys. I hope you ask the players the same questions. I hope they answered you honestly. When asked if he was disappointed in the low number of shots, he sarcastically quipped, I'm just thrilled with it, before adding, that's a great question too. We have got the old John Tortorella back, and I am here for it. Because the Blue Jackets, by no fault of their own, they're... Well, maybe by fault of their... Well, I don't know. That, That... you lose Panarin, you lose Bobrovsky, that, that you you lose your core there. I, I mean, it's not Columbus's fault that they're not in an ideal market to keep superstars, but that's where we are. That's where we are with Columbus, who are two five and one in their past eight. Oh boy, John Tortorella. If this is if this is the time that we've gotten peaked John Tortorella, here we go. And I think we're all ready for it. Uh, The Red Wings won for the first time in 30 years, a 5-2 win over Winnipeg. I believe Winnipeg was on a back-to-back, so you can chalk that up to the Red Wings just needing a win and took advantage of a very tired team, so there you go. Uh, The Minnesota Wild keep winning. I'm running out of words um, to talk about the Minnesota Wild, who at this current juncture, at 35 points, are only two back of the Golden Knights for the second wild card, in the Western Conference, and Minnesota has two games in hand. Uh, the, the Wild are playing very good right now, and they are 8-1-3 at home after a 6-5 victory over Edmonton. Um, just when it looked like we were writing the Wild off, they keep winning, and the Wild will be in Las Vegas on Tuesday. The Wild have been a, a team that Vegas has struggled against ever since its inception. That is going to be a game... That is going to be... Man, I would not be shocked if Minnesota went into Vegas and won that game. I really wouldn't. Just because Vegas has never been good against Minnesota. They've only got one win against them in their lifetime. Minnesota has beaten Vegas in Vegas each time. I don't know. I I think we're, we're on the cusp of Minnesota possibly jumping Vegas in the standings. Especially if Vegas loses tonight... Against Dallas, and then Vegas still has to play Vancouver. Who Vancouver is only one point back of Vegas for the second wild card right now. Fun times in Minnesota, and I I'm, I'm telling you, watch out, watch out for Minnesota. Uh, the Calgary Flames won again, uh, seven straight under Jeff Ward. Uh, the Flames are now tied with the Oilers for second place in the Pacific Division. Four to two win against Toronto in the new Coach Bowl, new Canadian Coach Bowl. Um, against Toronto, the Flames are just killing it right now. And, and again, who knows if Bill Peters was really a major distraction in that bench or on that bench? But the Flames keep winning. Man, they they're starting to look really good. Uh, speaking of winning, uh, your new clubhouse leader in the Pacific Division. I thought I would never. I thought we would be years away before we would say these words. Even though they probably only have a, even though they have only a couple of years left in the Pacific Division. The Arizona Coyotes are now in first place in the Pacific Division. A 5-2 victory against the Blackhawks, coupled with the Edmonton loss, Arizona with 42 points. They now are atop the Pacific Division at 34 games. And here's the crazy thing, right? This isn't even a This isn't even a good benchmark for Arizona right now. The, Arizona is leading this division with an 8-7-1 record at home. That's. Arguably the worst for any first place team in the NHL right now. I mean St. Louis was 9-4-3 at home. Boston's 12-1-5. Washington 9-3-4. Yeah, 8-7 and what what did I say? 8-7-1 at home. That's crazy. And they 11 4 and 3 on the road. Here come the Arizona Coyotes. And if this is their time, we might be we might be destined for an Arizona Vegas playoff series, which is, I believe, all the world wants at this point. Uh, what else do we have around the league? The Canucks. Uh, this is the other one Nothing game I told you about. The Canucks won one nothing in overtime against Carolina. Um, Elias Pedersen is a damn cheat code. One hell of a goal to win the game. And uh, Jacob Markstrom, 43 saves. And earlier in the day, the Canucks came out and said that we want to extend Jacob Markstrom. Um, and he goes out and puts out on a performance like that uh good on the Canucks they again they keep they keep staying there they're like the steady stepchild. they're right there they're they're not going anywhere they're still pretty dang good and finally the Kings beat the Ducks 2-1 to but who really cares about that game right now unless you're a Kings or Ducks fan if you're listening to this podcast you're a Kings Ducks fan welcome and thank you for listening uh so that's gonna that's our look around the league and that is going to do it for us tonight guys uh tonight, today. I don't don't know. Depending on when you listen to this, I have no idea. Uh, That'll do it for us for this week. Um, Next week's going to be a little bit different because I'll be out of town for the weekend. Um, I'll be coming back Monday. Uh, We'll see if I can get a podcast up on Monday. I'm not really sure if that'll be the case. Um, Probably will likely be back on Tuesday. We'll break down the Vancouver game on Sunday, and then we'll look ahead to Minnesota on Tuesday. Um, but we'll see how things go for travel schedules and plans on whenever we get back on Monday. Um, so with that, that is going to do it. Thank you guys for listening to this week. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the downloads. All that jazz. And uh, we will be back on sometime next week, either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. So thank you guys. I am Danny Webster. This has been Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And we'll see you tomorrow, or not. Well, we won't see you tomorrow. We'll see you next week. I forget it's Friday. Have a good one.